Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Starlight Distillery. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing this fine Saturday afternoon? Yo, I'm good. I mean, it's cold here in Cincinnati, but... Uh, That's the way we like it when we're getting ready to try to win a Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Practicing <laughs> under that highway, right? Yep. I guess they, they've been out in L.A. for... About you know most of the week, uh, but yeah, so we're uh, so we're recording on Saturday and one day away until Sunday. They win a Bengals yep, win a Super tomorrow's Bowl. a Super Bowl, and the next day is when this will come out, and hopefully when this is released, all Bengals fans will be celebrating a Super Bowl victory. Yeah, Andy, give me your uh, real quick, give me your highlights, your analysis of the game. Tell me who you're thinking, uh, you know, who should be watching on the Rams, who should be watching on the Bengals. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I I really think. The the rain it's gonna be I think much like the AFC Championship game is gonna be a uh, an offensive showdown yeah um which is pretty standard for the Bengals yeah. this season yeah I think the only difference now is you're gonna have the you know the front seven of both defenses really being put to the test yeah um we know how that Rams front seven is yeah yeah we know they're good um so I mean I really think it's you know, I'm hoping the Bengals win. I think is going to come probably 34-31. Or, you know, like a 27-24 score. You're predicting a three-point win. Yeah, three-point win. That goes in the favor of the Bengals, I think. The Bengals tend yeah. to have a... They tend to win by a field goal with the Money Mac <laughs> out there. So far, I mean, that's, you know... That's been pretty much the trend so far for them, at least in the playoffs this yeah. year. I think some keys are, can that... Can the Bengals' offensive line protect Burrow against that that really impressive front seven uh, by yeah. the of the Rams? I think we talked about it before we started recording, and we both agree on it. it, it I think the the logical move for the Rams is to have Jalen Ramsey shadow Jamar Chase. Yeah. So I'm, I think I think it, run game for both teams is also just not going to be because of the front seven. It's yeah. just not going to be impacted. I agree. I don't think the run game will be big for either team as well. I do think it'll be more of a a passing showdown. And maybe it's going to be a big T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd game for the Bengals because of the, that shadow coverage by uh, Jalen Ramsey. But I agree with Von Miller and Aaron Darnold and that front seven up front. Joe Mixon might have a, a long, rough day. I, I don't know that yeah. Cam Akers, the, the Bengals defense has been, uh, you know, they've been hit or miss when it comes to stopping the run. Sometimes they're great at it. Sometimes they're not. They're, they're horrible at it. Yeah. I'm not sure that I would expect Cam Akers or Sony Michelle to have huge games. And I think for the defense, it, it really comes down to can they stop Cooper Cup? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think Tyler Higby being out with that sprain MCL was huge for the Bengals. Um, I just think Joey Burrow has so much swag, and Jamar Chase has so much swag, and, and McPherson, and, uh, and they're on, they're so hot right now. I would, I would, it'd be hard for me to bet against them, but I like us being the underdogs still yeah. because everyone's counting out the Bengals. Everyone's rooting for the Rams, or not rooting for the Rams, but expecting the Rams to win. And I just think that's been going on all season for the all, and especially the postseason for the Bengals, and they're they've always been the underdog, and they've always come through, and I'm hoping that's what's going to happen uh, tomorrow. Oh yeah, for sure. We gotta get some funny commercials. Oh god, I don't know. I, I think hope they're will. light. I hope they're good. I think there's a couple of good that's going to happen that I was seeing, but I haven't heard that many. There's going to be a lot of crypto commercials. There's going to be a lot of Probably. sports betting app commercials, DraftKings, FanDuel, yeah. Caesars. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Seven million for thirty seconds, Andy. Think it's yeah, worth it's it? expensive. It's it just keeps getting more inspect, 
expensive. It's just, it's right. just insane. I think it's. I'm, I have high hopes. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going. They're going to be yeah. solid commercials. I think there's going to be some horrible ones too, as always. I hope the halftime show with Eminem and Dr. Dre and and all and Kendrick Lamar. I hope it's not garbage. I feel like those rap performances sometimes don't come out very well when it's done live. But I think it's going to be a great event. I'm really yeah. excited for it. I think. Excuse me. I think it's going to be a very uh, highly watched Super Bowl. I think people are excited. I think America's rooting for the Bengals overall. Oh yeah, and, and I th- I'm hoping that's uh, that's how it turns out. Well, because this is what the second Super Bowl appearance for the Rams in what four years, five years? I don't remember the last something like that. Yeah, they were when they had Goff. They were there not too long ago. It, 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 yeah. it was just a few years ago. I don't remember it was, exactly. It was the when. Patriots and Rams. Super yeah, and Bowl. they got their butts kicked. Because Super Bowl fifty, Super Bowl fifty was. Uh, the Panthers and Broncos when Peyton won his second. I think that was Super Bowl 50. Yeah, Rams-Patriots Super Bowl was uh, 53? It was yeah, in, so it was in 2018. Years. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that was a um, that was a rough game. Patriots defeated them 13-3. to That was a really bad game. <laughs> it was a brutal game to watch. I don't think it'll be anything like that. Honestly, I think that the Rams maybe will have those memories of losing that Super Bowl. Hopefully, that'll haunt them a little bit. Hopefully, the Bengals are so young and confident that they're just going to walk right in there and kick ass. It's going to be either either way. It's going to be very exciting, a very exciting day. I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, few years for the Bengals here. Yep. All right, folks. Without further ado, why don't we jump right on into the podcast? Andy, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Starlight Distillery. Yeah. So this is a, I mean, one of the most recent brands that we're going to see. Um, one of the youngest, if not the youngest one, coming out of Indiana. Okay. Um, so they were kind of founded um, initially more as a brandy distillery than a you know bourbon or whiskey distillery uh, back in 2001 under the Huber's Winery brand out in uh, Starlight, Indiana. And, of course, they were something that, like I was just saying, it was a huge part of them doing everything under the Huber's, Huber's name. Uh, and that's the founders. That's their last name. Okay. Um, Which we're having the single barrel Huber's Rickhouse Select today. Yeah. That's what we're drinking. By the way, cheers. Cheers. And so, and so it's a, um, it's, you know, and this one's actually a store pick or like a barrel pick. Um, but, it, you know. By. Um, the bourbon guy or something? The bourbon guy? Yeah. Yeah. It says on the, it says on the label. Selected by the bourbon guys. Yep. Yep. Ooh, 115 proof. Yeah, but Strong. it was it was something found. I was able to get it at a party source down here in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. <clears throat> the same place where Joey Burrow and the Bengals buy their cigars yeah. for the celebrations. Hopefully, we'll see some of those lit up tomorrow. Yep. I got a couple for us, too. So, if uh, you're, <laughs> we're going to be watching the Super Bowl together, and we're going to light those bad boys up if the Bengals win. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like I was saying, it's part of their the Hubers, their whole operations down there you know they have an orchard a winery and a distillery um so a pretty small operation yeah fairly small i mean in total acreage not that small right. but in terms of overall operations yeah small yeah yeah of course um and it was you know something you know like i said they've been distilling for about two decades now uh, and the first product you know that they did was an apple brandy which they still produce makes sense if you got an orchard yeah um but it's something, you know, that they've been, the family history has about 180 years of distilling history, at least in the United States, um, because they were immigrated from Germany to southern Indiana around eight, like mid, um, 
like mid eighteen forties, around eighteen forty three. Yeah, um, I feel like we've had a couple of distilleries that we've talked about where the people have like immigrated yeah. from Europe or Germany to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few families. I'm trying to think who. Yeah, I don't. What other ones we just? I don't remember which other ones offhand. Go back and listen to our other podcasts. Yeah. So you'll hear. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, definitely not the first family to immigrate to, from Europe here right. to this area um, of the Midwest. Um, mm. And they actually immigrated to the 550 acres that the farm, you know, is currently still on. Um, and so, you know, they kind of would distill stuff, do like their, had their own winery, all of that there in southern Indiana, Starlight, Indiana, uh, which is very close. I think, I think it's very close to MGP or right across the river from Kentucky, um, if I recall correctly. But it was something that, you know, the most of the family's distilling and um, alcohol production really started in winemaking. Um, Google's telling me it's pretty close to Louisville. It's like Louisville. A little, okay. Just outside. It's like kind of like outside of Louisville, the way like a, um, like a Four Roses is or something like that. Yeah, or yeah. A, um, you know, one of the, some of those distilleries, you know, Wild Turkey or whatever. Yeah. Like Buffalo Trace, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was something that, you know, really the family history is more suited towards winemaking. But um, at least up until the 90s when the idea um, struck the founders um, to the well, the founders of the distillery operations um, that, hey, they should sit here. You know, we've got all the apples, all this other grain and everything. You know, let's start distilling some of it um, instead of just making wine. Um, you know, wanting to draw upon that historical expertise that their family had. Um, and, you know, it was something, like I said, in 2001, they actually founded the distilling operations, but it wasn't until 04 when they were able to first bottle and release um, their brandy, their first apple brandy that they had, um, along with, you know, several of their other products that they have, you know, coming in the years after that. Um and of course, all their stuff is still in operations, like the orchard, farm, everything. I think they have some cheese production there too. Um, you know, tours, everything. I don't know with COVID, COVID, how the tours are going, but um, I think those might be at least partially shut down for right now. But hmm. you, you know, they're still like they're still doing all that stuff on the uh, property on the farm, trying to bring it up um, into modern times as one of the first Indiana distilleries of the modern age. And it was sure. something, yeah. And it, you know, it's good. I mean, I've, this is the first time I've had their stuff. I've heard good reviews though. Um, and you know, brandies aren't definitely not the first, only thing that they make. I mean, they make both a pear and apple brandies along with some couple other things there. Um, okay. a couple different gins and a couple of different, uh, vodkas and rums, uh, they make a grappa, which is kind of like a very, very fortified wine, um, kind of up in the percentage alcohol percentage of like what a whiskey or some rum stuff like that would be. Sure. Um, you know they have some finished bourbons in different um, like port casks, things like that. A blackberry bourbon, um, you know, a bottled and bond bourbon, single barrels, uh, rye, all that type of stuff that they do. Um, and I think now, really, at least in the whiskey scene, you, you know, those bourbons and ryes are really what they're known for. And they've started to gain a lot of notoriety for it. Gotcha. 
And as far as Mashable goes, I don't know exactly what their Mashable is. I couldn't find that online. Um, exactly what they're using, at least for the bourbons, uh, what that is. But, you know, you know it's got to be at least 51% corn. Of course. All right, so, you ready to do the tastings? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely ready for that. Perfect. Let's All right, it. everyone, pour yourself a glass of one of these Starlight products. Of course, we're doing the Single Barrel Hubers Rickhouse Select Indiana Straight Bourbon Whiskey, selected by the Bourbon Guys, barrel number 16377, uh, 115.8 proof, aged four and a half years. So hopefully you can get your hands on that one. If not, at least get one of the Starlight products and uh, join us in this tasting. All right, folks, now we're going to do the tasting of the Starlight Single Barrel. As always, we're going to start with the nose. What are some uh, notes you're picking up, Andy? A little bit of brown sugar, a little bit of like a like a tobacco or like a barrel-aged tobacco note in there, something like that to me. I'm getting um, some of the apple notes in it, which is interesting since they are they have that yeah. apple orchard and then that's kind of an really apple note in there, focuses. yeah. Little maybe caramely or something, caramely. Yeah, like a caramel apple or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, any other notes? Are you ready to give it a taste? I mean, yeah, I don't have any other ta- uh, notes off the nose. I mean, it's just it's very rich and dense, yeah. concentrated notes. All right, let's check out the palate. Palette's pretty similar to the nose for me. It's a strong, so it's almost 116 proof, and it drinks slightly below its proofage, I think, but a it's little still bit. very, it's still a very strong whiskey. Oh, yeah. What are some notes that you're getting in that um, palette there? I mean, I'd agree with you. I think I'm getting some of those, like, barrel notes, the oak notes, Yep. yep. some tobacco and apple notes, maybe leather with that tobacco. Um, so getting a lot of like carameliness to it. Yeah. With like, like a caramely pepper uh, balance there. I'm kind of getting some, like some of that Kentucky hug kind of right through the chest. Okay. Um, can finish hangs out on the note on the, on the, on the tongue for me? Yeah. Yeah. The the finish finishes out. It lasts there. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely lasts. Uh, get a little burn there, but I'm trying to figure out if that's like, it's a little fiery. Yeah, it's a little bit hot based on the, obviously, the proof is 115, 116 proof. 100%. But it's like with that proof, I kind of get a little bit of like a spicy note that I would get off a rye whiskey yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Drinks pretty smooth for for almost 116. Oh, yeah. Not my favorite proof at this proofage. What was the price tag on this bag? Um, for, for this single barrel's... Um, barrel pick it was about 55 okay um so kind of typical for that a little pricier than what i would want to pay for this whiskey yeah but i think it's uh something you should certainly try if you oh, yeah. got the, the mean the means and and i know at least most like of the, a stronger whiskey yeah and i know most of the uh other like whiskeys like the another bot uh bourbons like they're bottled in bond at least when i went to party source a couple of days ago to get it um most of the stuff is hanging in that about 35 to 55 range on the whiskey side of it. Okay. Um, so, kind of hangs in the, at least for right now, with how crazy bourbon is, kind of the stereotypical price range. Absolutely. 
All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe uh, to Distill Discussions. Please leave a review, share the episodes on your social media platforms, tell your friends. Uh, we really do appreciate your support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We're going to be here with you next week.